your podcast home for all things coastal athletics. This is The Shot Pod. Now here's your host, Sam Wiederhaft. Another week, another Shot Pod. Welcome back, everybody. Sam Wiederhaft with you. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm just about done with this cold weather. Where I'm from, Indiana, January and February are like the dark months of winter. A lot of snow, temperatures barely above 20, just brutal. I don't think it gets like that here, but I'm really looking forward to that beach weather hopefully coming sometime soon. And I tell you who loves the winter weather right now, States Fort and the men's golf team. They won the Any Given Tuesday Intercollegiate Tournament this week for their first team win since 2019, and Fort won his first individual title. So you win, you get on the shot pod. He's our guest this week. We'll also talk about men's basketball with their two wins this past weekend. But first, we'll head to Troy to recap the women's basketball team from this past weekend. The shots dropped both games to the Trojans in Alabama and fell to an 0-6 Sunbelt record. The first game on Friday was dominated by Troy, 104-59, but Janae Camp tallied her second career double-double for the shots with 14 points and 10 rebounds. Asia Blunt led the scoring for Coastal with 17. Then Saturday was all Troy yet again with an 84-53 win over Coastal. Blunt again led the teal with 19 points, shooting 7-15 of from the field and making all five of her free throws. Coastal's overall record dropped to 3-7 and after this weekend's losses. The Chanticleer women's indoor track and field team had their second meet of the season in Lynchburg, Virginia for the Liberty Invite Invitational. The Shants competed in three days of action with Melissa Jefferson standing out on day three, winning the 60-meter dash with a time of 7.51 seconds. Jermasia Arnold also topped the charts in the 400-meter dash with a time of 54.36 seconds, and she was the first leg of the 4x400 relay team of Shania Bellamy, Tierney Pepper, and Amaria White, who took home first in the relay with a time of three minutes and 50 seconds. So congratulations to the Saturday winners for Coastal's women's indoor track and field. They'll be competing next weekend at the Bob Pollock meet hosted by Clemson. Right back here at home at the HTC Center, the men's basketball team had a huge weekend with the two-game series sweep against Troy. Friday, it was friend of the podcast, Devontae Jones, carrying Coastal to the comeback win with 30 points, 24 of them coming in the second half. The shots led for the first time midway through the second half, 58-57, to and DJ hit eight crucial free throws in the final two minutes to elevate the teal to a 90-81 to victory. Then Saturday, the second game was even closer. It was back and forth between the Shants and the Trojans, with Coastal starting to pull away late in the second half, but Troy wasn't making it easy. Coastal's lead was down to two with 43 seconds left, and Abrima Deba hit the dagger three-pointer and stole it away on the next possession, went all the way down the floor for a layup and secured the Shanaclear victory 70-65. to Deba had 12 points. DJ had 17 with 16 of those in the second half. We'll have to start calling him Mr. Second Half from now on. The Shants improved to 11-3 with a 5-2 Sunbelt record. Right now, that's second place in the East behind 6-2 App State. And teams should be scared coming into the HTC Center. Coastal is now 11-1 at home, so even with fewer fans, the Shants are still using their home court advantage. And today's guest, States Fort, topped the leaderboard through the three-day Any Given Tuesday Intercollegiate Tournament with a final round of 65, seven under with nothing above a par, and the Shants as a team took home the title, shooting 37 under, 
13 shots better than second place Kennesaw State. So a great start to the spring season for Coastal, and States came on to talk about his dominant final round, his interesting job he had this past offseason, and his best hole-in-one story. So here's my conversation with States Fort. States Fort, thanks for joining me. The winner of the individual title at the Any Given Tuesday Invitational. Just yesterday it finished up. You shot a career low 65 in the final day. Nothing above a par. What was working for you yesterday in that win? Man, it was just sticking to the game plan. We stuck to the game plan well. Um, we had a plan for every hole and we stuck to it and we didn't try to take any unnecessary risks. And I hit a bunch of greens and had a couple of putts roll in and it ended up being a low one. So it was fun. And that was your first event since last March. I mean, you, you, you took a fifth year. Last year was your senior year. You graduated with two degrees, um, but decided to come back for your fifth season. Didn't play last fall, but you came back and played this spring season. Uh, what was it like to be back with the team uh, and back and, and actually win your first tournament back? Oh, my goodness. It was amazing. I was, just, I was so happy to be back with the guys. It hurt getting to watch them play and just come up a hair short in the fall and knowing that like I could have been there to help but it just wasn't going to be the best decision for me um but it was it was amazing the the team win made it all worth it being able to win as a team was just the best feeling ever and just being able to get it done on the individual side's a bonus that's what we work for we try to win every tournament we go to as an individual but playing for the team is is what we're in college to do you don't get to do it in professional golf you don't get to do it in junior golf but that college, four years, now five, thank the Lord. I mean, it's great, but it's been, it's been a blessing and a blast getting to be back with the guys, getting to be on the road. The inside jokes, we got to stay in a house, so we all just got to hang out. I cooked dinner one of the nights. We had a blast. Now let's take you back to last March. Uh, you think you're done with your collegiate career. You graduate with two degrees from Coastal Carolina. Then you talk with your head coach and start to get some rumblings about coming back for a fifth season. Uh, what led to that decision to come back for a fifth year? I knew I wanted to. I wasn't in a spot with my game to where I could just say, let's do it, let's go play pro golf. It just wasn't there. Um, and I knew I needed some more time to develop. And getting cut short really hurt. But as soon as I got that text from Jim saying, hey, man, would you be interested in another year? I said, absolutely. Let's do it. I'm in. Um, and so we got to get to go through that and figure it all out and kind of see what that looked like. And then it got really dicey there towards August. And obviously, I ended up not playing in the fall. But I knew I wanted to come back and play for another conference championship for another postseason run. Um, we haven't had the best of luck. But we're deep this year. We're really good this year. And I think we can go pretty far. You couldn't come back and play in the fall, but you had a pretty interesting job as a cigar broker during that oh, yeah. whole time when you couldn't play. Uh, tell me about what that job was like. I mean, I knew I had several friends in the in the industry, and one of them, he wanted me to come on as a traveling rep. And so I knew I had a job waiting for me if I needed it. And it's a small company, big country cigar brokers, really small. There's only six people on staff, I believe. And so it's nothing massive. It's not a major operation, but it is a job and it is something to do. And so knowing I had that on the table was great. And then I told him in my interview, I said, hey, there's, there's rumblings, there's rumors that we'll get an extra year. I want that to be first and foremost because golf is the main goal. And Glenn, my boss, understood that. And towards the end, when I declined and said, I'm going back, they said, okay, well, our sales model and our business model has changed a little bit just because of COVID and the whole nine. It's a little tougher to travel. We're actually going to do a lot of our stuff via the phone. Would you be interested in maybe having a, 
a remote position where you can work out of Myrtle Beach and and do it that way. I said, absolutely, that sounds great. And so I've been doing the last, probably from August to about late December, first week of January was two, three days a week on the phones, calling cigar shops all the way across the country, just trying to move our brands and promote them and sell them and do the best things that I could for the companies. Now you're working remotely uh, for the cigar company, but you also know that there's an upcoming spring season coming up. What were you doing to stay in shape um, and, and really keep your golf game up? Yeah, I was practicing as much as I could. Um, it was a little tough with the whole restrictions, the bubble. I mean, there's something about practicing with guys that are pushing you to get better every day that there's just that second that second level, that next level that you get to only when you're practicing with guys that are trying to push you to get better. You can be good, and that's what I did. I tried to practice as much as I could golf-wise just to stay maintained, not to lose anything, just to try to stay, stay around where I could play. But it was hard to be sharp not having that competition. But the main thing that I did was I got in the gym. I had a couple friends from my church. We got together and we said, hey, Let's do this thing. Let's be consistent. Let's hold each other accountable. And let's get in the gym and train four, five, six days a week. And that was really what I would attribute a lot of it to was really focusing on getting fit, eating healthy, and staying in shape and getting in better shape than I was previously. And I think that's what got it back so quickly. Because usually when you take a lot of time off from competitive golf, it takes some time to work back into it. And that's not to say that I didn't play really bad in qualifying because I barely got on the lineup. Um, but I think being in a lot better shape physically helped me on the mental side to say, you know, my body is ready for this. This is what I trained for. This is what I've been preparing for. Now we just have to go and execute. Could you feel the effects of your off-season training in this first tournament just last weekend? Oh, absolutely. There was, um, there's usually a level of fatigue that sets in after a practice round and then the first round, second round, that third round, and then even getting late in the day every day, it usually sets in of that like, all right, I've been here for several hours, body's starting to get tired. But this week it was, it was a lot more mellow. It was a lot more – my body was ready for it. I was prepared with cardio. I was prepared with strength training, endurance training, and I was just ready. I was more on, just on. Well, congratulations on the win. Obviously, just an incredible final round. Um, I got a couple of fun questions for you. I'm a very below average golfer. Um, <laughs> so I want to know, you know, when I go up there for my first tee shot, I'm on the first, the first hole, go up for my first tee shot, really nervous, right? Oh, yeah. I know I got, if I'm golfing with people, I got people looking at me. Mm-hmm. And I just think about the swing too much. And usually what happens is I end up topping it. It rolls, you know, probably 10 or 12 yards. Um, for you, how do you take all those nerves out and just focus on the on the swing, focus on the shot, and make sure every shot is, is pretty good? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can just walk you through the first tee ritual I have. Yeah. Say a prayer. That's first and foremost. Give it up. Let it go. And then from there, you just I draw back on the hours and hours that I've spent on the range repping and repping and swinging and swinging and just getting it ingrained in my muscles that hey this is how we hit the golf ball this is where it needs to go and then from there put the tee in the ground if there's an announcer let them announce do whatever if there's not you just kind of take a deep breath exhale stand over the ball this is what i've worked for i know where i'm going to try to hit this ball i have my game plan i've done all the preparation now it's time to just go and do it 
And the main thing that I think about and the main thing that I thought about all week was just when you get to the top, just fire through it. Explode through. Doesn't I mean, it, there's there's no point in trying to guide it. It's going to go where it's going to go. And so that's it. So you're extremely relaxed on that on that first tee. I wouldn't say relaxed. There's definitely you try to be nerves. relaxed. Try to be relaxed. That that exhale, that deep yeah. breath out kind of just lets it all go and you say, "Hey, we're just going to we're just going to send it." It's yeah. that we have our game plan, we've picked our line, we've done all of the mental prep work. Now it's time to just swing it. Yeah. And just try to relax as much as you can and just let it go. I saw that you've made three shots from the tee box, three hole-in-ones in your career. Uh, what is your favorite one? What's the craziest hole-in-one story you have? Ooh, so the hole-in-ones have kind of – I think only one of them doesn't have an asterisk beside it. So <laughs> it's kind of simple. The first one, we had the whole front nine of a golf course I grew up playing on set up as par threes. So it was from the middle of the fairway where the tees were set up to a par three. And that was the first one. The second one – was legitimate. It was on a par three, playing with the guys, made it. That was probably the most, like, my favorite one because I just got to watch it. It was a short hole, just backed it up right into the cup. And then the third one was in a practice round, and I didn't even know it went in. Oh, wow. And so I walked up on the ground. I was like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> um, but the more fun ones were the uh, the double eagles. Yeah. I've had two twos on par fives. That one I hold out from about, like, 235. And I was I was younger, so I wasn't hitting it as far. And it was a three wood into a stout wind, hit a little baby fade, and it landed on the green and it rolled in. I didn't see it, but another person from another hole was coming in, and he was like, "Don't even look for that ball. It's at the bottom of the hole." <laughs> I was like, "Let's go." Was that was that playing competitively, or was that just playing with? with um, friends? I had a men's group that me and my dad would always go and play with. Cool. And so we had a we had a we had a friendly competition going. So it wasn't it wasn't a tournament, but it also I mean we were we were playing. I feel like the surprises are always the best when you don't see it go in and then find out from somebody else mm-hmm. that it went in. I mean that's just that's incredible. It was fun. It was a blast. What is uh, in your entire golf career? What's your favorite course that you've ever played? That's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I, I can't say anything but Augusta National. You've played um, that. I have played wow. it. I played it in November of 2013. Um, now, in more recent memory, Pebble Beach. We went down and we played Pebble Beach as a team, and that was uh, that was something I'll never forget. Getting to play Pebble with the guys, getting to walk around with the coaches, getting to walk around with teammates, and then just the wonderful supporters of our golf program um, was was really special, and it's something I'll never forget. I don't have a favorite course because I'm bad at all of them, but I, you know what? I have fun doing it. Um, the it. one place I love to go to is Top Golf, and you told me you've been before. Could you hit it past that back net? I don't know how far that is. It's got to be over 250. But. It's somewhere around the, the – the thing that makes it difficult is the height of it. So if yeah. you're going off the third floor, it's – I can get it back there. Back there's easy. Back yeah. there doesn't even take driver. But getting it up and over it, that's the tough part, especially because they're kind of – they don't like you to bring your own tees. And they always tee it <laughs> yeah. up a little too low just, got those just little to stop ones. it. Just to stop it from going over. But So I've, I've, I've come close, but I don't have all the way over the back net. you got to apex it like somewhere around 150, 200 feet, and then it's got to apex at around 250, 260. So that's, that's a tough one. Well, that third floor is what makes all the difference. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not even at top golf if you're on the first floor. You're at a basic driving yeah, range. Yeah, you're just you're hitting on, the first on a floor. driving range. Yeah, absolutely. What is the, uh, what's the farthest drive that you've ever hit? I know that you put some weight on in the offseason. You can probably mm-hmm. hit it farther than what your farthest is right now, but what's the, what's the farthest Ooh, you've done on the drive? Farthest drive, that's a tough one. Um, 
The further, I mean, all of them are cart path assisted because sometimes you just get lucky. Um, <laughs> but there have been a few that stick out in recent memory, just having having less or getting those ones that are downwind, and then you kind of move it over and catches the cart path. I remember one of the whole courses I grew up on. It was probably a 420, 430-yard par 4, and there was a – the cart path's on the left, and then there's a steep slope, and then there's the fairway, and I tugged my drive a little bit left, caught the path, ran down, and I had like 70 yards in. So that's up there around the 350, 360 range. Don't check my math on that, please. <laughs> but – that one was the that one was a big one in recent memory, and then there were a few when we played in Puerto Rico. The fairways were like just rocks in the first couple rounds that we played, and uh, there were some big ones there. So I'd say probably somewhere in the three fifty range. Yeah, it's that it's that bounce off the cart path or off a really hard fairway yeah. that, that it's helps the roll. I don't hit yeah. it high enough to carry it that far. I don't have the I don't have the height for all that. Yeah, it doesn't matter in the stat sheet. All right, nah. it just matters that it went that far. Yeah, it went that far, and then hopefully I made birdie. Who is a uh, who's a PGA golfer that you look up to and and kind of model your game off of? Um, of the ones I've met and spent some time with with a great ministry called College Golf Fellowship, either Ben Crane or Russell Henley. Those are two of my favorite guys. Absolutely love them. Ben's one of the nicest guys I know, um, and then Russell is just amazing to hang out with. And I like Russell's game a lot. Russell just kind of hits it straight, and he's just an incredible scorer in the golf ball. The same with Ben Crane. I mean. Honestly, I'm not the I'm not the guy to hit it 375. I'm no Bryson DeChambeau. I don't claim to be. I don't want to be. But the guys that can play boring golf and get it in the hole quickly, that's that's where it's at. That's the that's where golf gets fun is when you can start doing that and then you heat up. Now, the reason I know Ben Crane is he was in those uh, those golf boys videos. I think there oh, was yeah. there was two of them a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Those were great. That, that's what made golf fun, right? Oh, there. that yeah. was awesome. He 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 touted he was touted as the boring golfer and then he did that and now he's. Now he's a great dude. Yeah, states. I'll leave you with this one. Um, how do you and the team really build off? Because the team won the the whole yep. tournament championship yep. as well. How do you build off that that first tournament and and look throughout the season and kind of keep on building off that first performance? I think we just keep the momentum rolling. We have a busy practice schedule. We've got the greatest course rotation probably in the country of just difficult and easy and just amazing golf courses. Thank you to every single pro that allows us to come out and play and take some time off of your tee sheet. Um, but we just have to keep keep grinding. We just have to keep going. We have a great game plan at home with workouts, practice. We have a wonderful facility now up at Barefoot, and that has made a big difference. Being able to have somewhere that we know we can go and be unbothered and get our work in and get quality work in and get better as a team. Um, I think we just have to build off of this momentum I mean, every guy played well. Every single guy had a round in the 60s this week. All six of us did. And every single guy had a round that counted. And so we really played off of each other. We played for each other well. And it's knowing, like, hey, I need to do better in some areas, and they're going to tell me where I need to be better. But when it gets timed and gets down to it on the golf course, I know they've got my back. I know if I have a bad hole or if I have a bad round, like, there's going to be somebody. We're deep enough that somebody's going to be there to pick up the slack and to keep going. And States Ford, thanks for joining me. A great conversation, and congratulations on that Absolutely. first collegiate win. Thank you for having me, man. It's an absolute pleasure. That was such a fun interview to do. States has really been looking forward to coming back this spring after not being able to play this fall because of some conflictions, but he played better than ever and collected his first collegiate win. The men's golf team will have a week off before traveling to Gainesville for the Florida Gators Invitational from February 12th 
through the 14th as they get their spring season rolling. And the women's golf team will also be in action this weekend, Friday through Sunday, for the battle at Old South from Hilton Head, their first tournament since November. So looking forward to seeing some more titles for Shauna Clear Golf. Men's basketball will try and build on their momentum with just their third road trip of the season. They'll be going to Statesboro for a two-game weekend series with Georgia Southern. The Friday game will be at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and Saturdays will be at 4 Eastern. But the Shots will be back on national television. Friday's game will be on ESPN2. Now, does this sound familiar? Football gets on national TV for their incredible season, and now men's basketball is getting the same treatment. That's what we like to see here in Teal Nation. The Eagles are right behind Coastal in the East in third place with a 4-4 four four conference record and 10-7 and overall. Zach Bryant leads Georgia Southern with 14.4 points per game. He's scored in double figures in four straight games. As always, the live stream is available on the website, and the TV broadcast for Saturday will be on ESPN+. Plus. Remember, Friday on ESPN2. The women's team also plays Georgia Southern and return home to the HTC Center for a two-game series. Friday's game is at 6 p.m. Eastern, and Saturday will be at 4 Eastern. The Eagles are 7-8 and eight overall and a 3-5 and five conference record. They're one spot ahead of Coastal at fifth place in the East Division. The Shants are still looking for that first Sunbelt win this weekend. It'll be on ESPN+, and the radio link will also be available on GoCCUSports.com. Now, a big schedule came out last week that I personally am very excited for, and I know a lot of Coastal fans are as well. Coastal Baseball has released its full schedule for the 2021 season. The schedule features 32 home games at Springsbrook Stadium and 56 games in total. The season starts on February 19th for a three-game series in Conway against the Duke Blue Devils. Sunbelt play starts on March 26th with a four-game series against Louisiana and concludes with the conference tournament from May 25th through the 30th in Montgomery, Alabama. I'm starting to see the Shants practice outside at Springsbrook Stadium and could not be more excited for the start of baseball season. As always, you can keep up with all the action for all of our sports on the Shauna Clear Athletics Twitter page at GoCCUSports and our website, GoCCUSports.com. We'll wrap things up right there. Thank you for listening to the Shant Pod this week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks to States Fort for coming on a day after his first win, breaking down his performance, and helping me improve my golf game because we all know that needs a lot of work. This is Sam Wiederhaft saying have a great day, everybody, and go Shants.